On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing the sword and sorcery classic Deathstalker from 1983, starring Rick Hill and Barbie Benton. Welcome to another episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. I'm Brandon, and as always with me is your co-hoster of justice, Cullen. (coughs) Cult Cinema Cavalcade is a bi-weekly movie podcast that finds Cullen and myself discussing a film from cinema's past considered, but not limited, to being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, every episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Today we're discussing the 1983 film Deathstalker. Cullen, tell us about this magical adventure. The warrior Deathstalker is tasked by an old witch lady to obtain and unite the three powers of creation, a chalice, an amulet, and a sword, lest the evil magician Munkar get them and use them for nefarious purposes. After obtaining the sword, Deathstalker joins with other travelers going to the big tournament to determine the strongest warrior. The false king holds the true princess in captivity and plots to have Deathstalker killed, and Deathstalker must fight to free the princess. Deathstalker is directed by John Watson, which isn't his real name, but I'm not about to try to pronounce his real name. But that's what he's credited as, so John Watson directed this. It's written by Howard Cohen. It stars Rick Hill, Barbie Benton, Lana Clarkson, Richard Brooker, and Bernard Erhard. And we are back with a regular episode. We want to thank those of you who tuned in for our bonus Friday the 13th episode. We had a blast doing it. We've been, uh, it's been some time coming. And I think you listeners liked it too. Uh, we got some pretty positive feedback on that. So hopefully we'll get that band back together and do another one maybe sooner than that Friday the 13th. Uh, you can be more vocal about what you thought about it by contacting us via email, mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com, or by finding us on Facebook or Twitter at CC Cavalcade. We're very interactive and responsive if you uh, let us be. And as always, uh, the episodes that you'd be talking about are on our site, cultcinemacavalcade.com, which you're probably listening via that. Or maybe you went to iTunes, where we always appreciate your reviews. The ones that have five stars. (laughs) Moving to our uh, main order of business. Today we're talking Deathstalker. Cullen, do you have any history with Deathstalker at all? Like before, maybe not before this episode, but maybe back in the day, quote unquote. Uh, no, I am not a person that likes yeah. sword and sorcery movies. Not even Conan the Barbarian? 
Not even like I've never seen Conan the Barbarian all in one sitting. I know what happens in the movie, but I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched it, you know, top to bottom. It just does not appeal to me. Anything like fantasy related, man, I it it is a a chore most of the time. Like like I said, like fantasy, like even like uh, the never ending story, brother, I ain't care. But but they, for the they, show, they just haven't made that one for you yet. <laughs> no, but for but for for the show, I will fall on that noble Deathstalker sword. I will I will fall on that power of creation for uh, for the show. Deathstalker, I have no history with. Like I thought, these are were like just the you saw the bot at the rental store, and you never really picked. They had cool artwork. That was, as far as I got with Deathstalker, I was like, man, that's some good art. And the, the guy who drew the Deathstalker for, the, I think at least this one, uh, also was the artist from the European Vacation poster. <laughs> it looks like it, yeah. sure. But he said cool art, but you knew, you just knew that whatever lied inside that VHS tape when it played was never going to match up your expectation <laughs> from the picture on the box. You just knew. So I, I just never... Rent these. I'm not a big fantasy guy myself. I, I mean, I watch Game of Thrones. I've enjoyed, you know, Lord of the Rings movies. But I, I I'm never. I'm more space guy, I guess. Yeah. Space fantasy. Now, the the best thing about the movie is the is the box cover art, and the close second is uh, Lana Clarkson, uh, just to look at her. But other than that, it's a whole bunch of what. Yeah, and this is a cheapie. It's a Roger Corman film, so you know it was you know Ugh. made for a quick buck. And you know what? For I, I don't think it looks incredibly cheap. There there are aspects of it. We'll get into no, it. No, the, there are very few sword and sorcery movies that are not cheap. Yeah, I think what like the Conan movies, maybe the you know on the more expensive end. Of that scale, everything else is done like well under a million dollars. Well, yeah, like it's really weird that Conan the Barbarian like spawned a whole subgenre of this. Like Lord of the Rings didn't even do that, and that was a highly successful film. They won Oscars, and it didn't. Well, because they couldn't be made as cheaply as these movies. That's you know that's why. Yeah, this like Conan the Barbarian, like that movie got just knocked off and i mean that's a well well respected movie and stuff like that but man though i mean it was and apparently apparently these movies can't be made anymore because when the new uh conan came out no one cared no one when the new hercules came out no one cares either hercules no one cares yeah yeah exactly i did like the the um the rock one i didn't that surprised me but that's a movie for another day funny enough when back in college during finals week with bad movies, we would have final fantasy week. Yes, remember? we did. And yes. where we just rent hopefully bad fantasy movies. This never happened. We never got Deathstalker. Yeah. And there's yeah, four Death... of these. You'd think we'd be like, oh, we got to watch the four. <laughs> there's four in a spinoff. Yeah. they. I guess they just didn't have it at family video because otherwise we would have. Because this movie is the most stereotypical sword and sorcery movie. Yeah. No, the, the, yeah, no. You're right. The, 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 there is nothing in this movie that you won't find in another sword and sorcery movie. It, it's it's everything. The, the 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 pacing is breakneck. The the hero is 
is, is muscular with no chest hair. There's an exorbitant amount of nudity, and there's magic. And that's what you look for like in all of these things. Plus, super violent. Right. So what's not to love? Let's get the details of the uh, general terms that Cullen just spewed out that will come true as we talk. The film, my version just started with a New World, not even the logo, New World Pictures. I know they have a logo, but it was... <laughs> they don't have time. They had to pump as many uh, people in and out of the theater as possible to make as much money as probably. It's a short movie. It it's is like an very hour short. and 17 minutes. That's with credits. And it, I, as far as I know, it wasn't released as a double feature. <laughs> that needed to be that short. <laughs> but we get the title right away, and we get some rad music. The title that... Well, not just, John Rad. No, just, yeah, just, not John Rad. Not to be, yes, we have now a precedent of rad music. This uh, gnarly music, I guess. <laughs> that's, until, that's better. Until we it. see a film directed by Rick Gnarly. <laughs> there's more than seven songs in this movie, although there is an exorbitant amount of, like, a. Like, there's, like, one specific like music stinger that happens. Like, it's just like, woo and it happens, like, a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Like and it usually zo- yeah, it usually zooms in on Deathstalker when yes. that happens. So, yeah. But the music for the title, I was like, okay, this is cool. But then none of the, the rest of the music shit. <laughs> it's really bad. And the first one, I mean, when the title opens, like, okay, they got a score. But that's all they had. Well, again, Roger Corman produced. Yep. We then see this window with all these like guys going slow-mo. Maybe. Jumping through it. And I, I then notice credited here, uh, Richard Brooker. Do you know why we know Richard Brooker piggybacking off our bonus episode? Oh, he was he, Jason he in was, 3D, Friday the 13th 3D. That's right. When I, I learned that, I was shocked because he is a very skinny man. Right. He was the first Jason to don the hockey mask. And he's in this movie, and we'll get to him. We then see a guy. He's got this woman tied up, and these creepy are they mutants? These dudes? Yeah, a, b- a bunch of guys with like wart faces that are also kind of melting. I, <laughs> it's never really explained what happens, why they're like that. Right, and they're like watching him. He notices them, and he like kind of offers them gold. Like he, he grabs some gold in his hand, he didn't say anything, and then just it bolts. And these guys ch- chase off on him and one of the mutant guys hangs back and he like tries to hump the woman that has yeah he been... just he just paws at her for a while yeah, and he, car- he picks her up carries her away and then a blonde lion of a man shows up saying that's my horse which i don't know what the yeah. fuck he meant by that's my horse we, we we don't see a horse we just i was see... lost i was like what <laughs> yeah we just see death stalker walk in and say that's my horse what are you talking about, Deathstalker? That's this a woman. Wang out? He <laughs> was like, "Hey, look, that's my horse." And it's gonna be your horse in a minute. Is that maybe that is what he's talking about? Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe Deathstalker is nearsighted, and he thought that the mutant guy carrying the woman was his horse. Maybe that's it. It was before they had glasses, so he couldn't tell what was what, and it was kind of dark in there. The, the mutants tell him that they're, our fight is not with you, and Deathstalker pulls out a sword and fights and kills them. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even like say. I don't think he well, says anything. Now. Yeah, he doesn't even say anything clever. He's like, our fight's not with you, and he's just you know he doesn't say anything. He just pulls out his sword out and starts murdering all of these melted face people. Yeah, and the last one he shoots in the throat with like an arrow. It's pretty awesome. I'll take it. It is pretty awesome. I'll take it. I don't, 
I don't know where that arrow came from, big, but it was a huge bow staff too. Like you can't, <laughs> it, he couldn't have. Was it? Did he plant it behind a tree, knowing that he was gonna? I don't know, because you don't see him pick it up or anything. He's not carrying it. It's the size of his entire upper body. Like they're I don't about know the same where, height. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where the hell it came from. Apparently, Deathstalker has. Like, apparently, he's magic, and he can just just form bows out of his hand because. That makes more sense than anything I can think of for this movie. Yeah, our vagrant guy offers Deathstalker's money and the girl, but Deathstalker says he's, yeah, he intends to take it anyway, and he kills the dude. Yeah, yeah, we, we learned that the guy that was with uh, the girl, he stole this woman. He, he went to a village, he stole a bunch of gold, and he stole the woman. So there are literally... There's, there's no heroes at the beginning take, of this movie at I'll all. I'll take this, I'll take that, and you're coming with me. Deathstalker goes over to Blickly rescue the girl by he cuts the rope from her hands and yes. then he takes her top off and fondles her boobs and the boning process begins but an old man comes by and asks for his name and Deathstalker's <laughs> like yo dude come on wait outside man wait outside because they're already outside yeah, I, I don't even... Does it even show the old man walking up, or is it just cut to an old man standing there? I think it cuts to him just standing yeah, there. Like, but I, I, I do love that he, he says, you know, <laughs> what's your... I can't. I think Deathstalker, he first, he looks over, and in his be, best Biff Tannen impression, says, what do you want? As he's, like, molesting this woman. What do you want? Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. So he turns around after he tells the old guy off and the girl's gone. And he makes, he yeah, turns yeah. and he says this to the, like basically the camera, this like sly one-liner. It's like, this isn't my day either. Ha ha, the guy who tried to rape that girl, man. Like he just made a joke, right? Because he didn't, he didn't get a raper, right? That woman was, <laughs> right. okay. That wo That woman was kidnapped and... I don't know, it was probably, uh, the, the first guy, realistically, probably attempted to rape her. These mutant people also attempted to rape her, and then the person that saved her attempted to rape her. I think there's someone having a worse day than you, Deathstalker. That's right, yeah, because, you know, even if, like, the girl who was just kidnapped by a guy who intended to rape her, and then mutants invaded before he could do so, and one of the, like, mutant guys was going to rape her, guess what she's going to want to do right away, Deathstalker? <laughs> exactly. Like, well, I mean, I guess I have to show my appreciation somehow, right? Like, no, that's that's not how it works. Deathstalker then meets with some people in the woods that have like a a, a bargain bin king, and yeah, it's like a like a crown made of like string and wood, basically. Crown made by Joanne Fabrics. <laughs> the king tells of Monkar, who is king now, and he's a sorcerer, and he apparently took his castle, and the king wants. Someone to go in and kill Monkar, obviously. And Deathstalker's like, no, you need a... F He's like, you need a fool. And the king says, no, I need a hero. And Deathstalker is pretty much like, yeah, I'm not your guy. And then there's that overdramatic zoom that happens. And there's that Deathstalker music that... <laughs> and he says... You need a fool. No, a hero. Heroes and fools are the same thing. The, the king says, Munkar has my daughter. 
you know, the princess. And he's like, and he, you know, I don't care. He just walks off. Right. That's our hero. Just says, F it. I'm out. Well, he, Sucker tells him, you know what? I steal and kill to stay alive. Not for the luxury of glory. Our hero, everybody. Yeah. Which, which, which makes him joining the tournament make less sense if he doesn't want glory. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, inside the castle, there's a woman who's reluctantly thrown in to a room with a medieval hot tub spa type stuff. She... I called it. I called it the butt fountain. The butt fountain. That's what it is. Because it's a. It's a, It's a couple of women's butts right. in a fountain. She's. And that's exact. That's what it is. She's Codeal, the the king's daughter we just heard about. And uh, she tries to escape and is, like, knocked out cold by a guard. Yeah, this this is a scene that's so short. If you have a sneezing fit, you'll miss it. <laughs> like, if you right, sneeze, like, three really, times, like, what? wait, what happened? It is a really short scene. Uh, we go back to the woods because you don't have to spend a lot of money to shoot in the woods. Uh, some guys are, <laughs> are dragging a man prisoner by horseback, like, dragging his ass. The guy in charge of all these bad guys is Kang, who's the right-hand man of Munkar, and he goes to some witch looking for the sword. The witch, she puts a snake around the dude's neck, and then Deathstalker shows up, and he, like, chops the dude's head off, kills the other, and then Kang, he turns into a crow and flies off with, like, an amulet before Deathstalker can get it, and the witch tells... Deathstalker of three separate things uh, that have the the power and the amulet's the key to life or the sword is an instrument of justice and he who wears the amulet cannot die. Then there's the chalice which is the third out third item and the chalice of magic at which Munkar has it and he also now has the amulet of light. The power will come to he who becomes a child. Tarova. You're sending me into battle against sorcery. Would you stop talking to me in riddles? Power is nothing if it is given to you. Go! Reunite the three powers. And after they're together? You can do anything. You will be the power. Was the witch's name exposition? Because we right. just get a shit ton of it. God, it's here. Like, blah, blah, stuff, magic, swords, you know? <laughs> like in these medieval yeah. movies. Swords and stuff. God, it was just... It was just so much information in such a brief amount of time. I was like, holy crap. My brain hurts. I'm like, I uh, I checked. It's, we're like 15 minutes into this movie. It's like, holy shit. There's, like, like, so much has happened, and at the same time, nothing has happened. We have to you know, pay attention when we talk in detail about these movies. But, I mean, if I was watching, I'd be like, okay, medieval quest. I'll just, whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because there's just such a information dump, like in like a minute. Like, what? I, I, huh? It's like, okay, he's got to go somewhere to get something. I'll figure it out along the way. And where he goes is he goes to the get water, and the witch appears to him in the water and sends him going into this low ceiling cavern to meet the. Yeah, she's she's already on his ass. Like he needs yeah. to drink. The poor guy's thirsty. He's had a long day of murdering people. Yeah. And she, she pops up in the water and says something. Your thirst should be only for the first power. Enough riddles. I'll just take my chances with my sword. You know what? If he dies from dehydration, that's not going to do a whole lot of good on his quest, is it? So once you get off Deathstalker's dick, all right, 
You thought Dick's supposed to go somewhere else. The guy he's looking for is the Keeper of the Sword. Deathstalker, he makes a torch in the cavern, and some kind of creature watches him. He greets the creature, and uh, like a, a, a random ogre comes out. <laughs> yeah. That creature, to me, I, di- I didn't know what his name was, so I just said something from Ghoulies, because he looks he looks like a puppet from Ghoulies. Yeah. But, but he's wearing like a like a robe. That's the difference. Right. Yeah, it's it's one of those cheap Corman puppets. I mean, if you've seen some of these movies, I mean, you know it, you know what to expect yeah. here. This is one of the better ones. But it looks still. It, it looks like a little person. It's about that size, but with a puppet head coming at the top. And when I say puppet head, I mean like like it has like the, the, the dimensions of a sock puppet, but it's all like gross and weird. <laughs> and it talk he he talks so weird too. He's like like, hey, buddy, uh, uh, what are you doing in here? Like, like, what? What? Why is he? <laughs> why is this frank, slimy-faced monster hanging out in this cave? Like, you almost expect him to ask him for a smoke. The ogres, their creature throws Deathstalker the sword, which the ogre goes running off. And uh, the creature's name is Salamaran, and he used to be a human and is under Munkar's spell. Deathstalker can set him free. And Deathstalker turns into a boy and walks him out of the cavern. <laughs> and then the creature because... falls in the water. And then Deathstalker's a man again. And the creature's like, dude, like an older <laughs> dude. Like, what? He falls down and then he comes up and then he's Elliot Gould. You know, it's like, wait, wait, what? What movie? What, what the hell's happening? Yeah, like, I, huh? The Ghoulie Man. He says that he can only be led out of the cave by a boy who is not a boy. I, I, I gotta tell you, uh, boys don't sexually press themselves on women, so I don't think he could even qualify as a boy who's not a boy. Or maybe he's not emotionally mature, so he's a boy that isn't a boy. So maybe it does work, now that I think about it. Oh, boy. There's a lot of layers to Deathstalker. There's a lot of stuff going on. You you, <laughs> you, you look away from it, you check your phone for a second, you're gonna be lost. Exactly. It's a, it's an hour and 17 minutes of dense, dense story. It all, I mean, it all comes culminating in the last five. It means, and oh, shit. It means something. It really pays off and means something if you paid attention. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's uh, some dirty guys out. Guess what they're trying to do? Yes, rape a girl tied to a tree. Because, it, because it's free to... Tie someone up and attempt rape. Right. That's what the, this. That's what this movie has taught me. And there's a heroic young lad, which is Richard Brooker, and his name is Algris. He rides up on a horse, and what would you call this armor, uh, Brandon? Like like nip nip armor? Because like, that's yeah, all. It's, it's like the equivalent of wearing those like really short t-shirts and short shorts. This is the medieval yeah, equivalent. Like, yeah, he, what's this yeah, doing? It, yeah, he's got like a um, a uh, he's got a tank top with with a cape basically right. and a speedo. But but so his armor is only protecting his nips, right? Basically, so his whole midsection is exposed. You know, the easiest spot to hit with a sword, which is the main weapon in this movie. But man, he can twist and turn. He's very flexible. He's a very flexible man. Augers is fighting him, and then Deathstalker shows up to help, or more like take out everyone. Again, because Deathstalker, he seems to be powered by murder. That's what he's... Yes. <laughs> he, he gets stronger the more people he kills. And as kid Augers says, he's going to go to a tournament at Monkars to be made Monkars heir. Uh, and Deathstalker agrees 
to ride with him to this tournament. Our band is coming together. Well, it's great that Deathstalker is riding up on a horse into this fight, and then Salamaran, he comes running up, like, he couldn't throw him on the horse, Deathstalker? You expect a man that's been in a cave for years to keep up with a fucking horse? Cut him some slack. They, they have a campfire at night with, you know, Augurus and Salamaran, and then a hooded figure comes upon the campsite and fights with sword fights with Salamaran. And the cloak opens, boobs flop out, and it's a woman, Kara. It, it's, uh, it's Lana Clarkson, yep. who is kind of known for these kinds of roles. Because of this movie, I, I mean, I don't think I want to say she's typecast, but this seems to be her calling to be a a huge boobed warrior woman. Yeah. Well, she and was, that's kinda, she was like, spun off from this movie into Barbarian Queen. Yes, it's not the same character, but it's well, it's a different like name, but it's basically yeah. the same person. Although I don't think that her her nips are always blowing up in every scene like in this movie, because it is like I think there's only one scene in this movie where they're covered up. Every other scene, they're they're just out. Right, and well, you say Lana Clarkson's known for this, but you know what else she's known for? Being murdered by Phil Spector. Right. Oh, that's yeah, unfortunate. It's unfortunate that that her two claims to fame uh, involve Roger Corman and being murdered by Phil Spector. She's also going to Munkar's tournament and agrees to go along with them until the tournament which we now have our fellowship of the Cracker Jack box ring. <laughs> so we're going through here. Uh, it, it, it does feel like that. It's just like, well, here are your bargain basement heroes, folks. You got them all. <laughs> now we get, to, we get to Castle Munkar, and the women sit and wait in their room, and they get excited as food is delivered, and Kodil doesn't get any, but she snags some because no one saved them for her. And then there's Munkar and a boy with a freshly removed eye, and there's this creature that's in his little chest. Yeah, like a, like a bloody mucus puppet. Yeah. Just just pops out. Again, it's like another feeding, puppet. He's like feeding the eye to that thing. Again, the puppet that has the dimensions of a sock puppet it comes out and just eats the, like a, you know, the eye and just then goes back in the, the chest. This guy comes in and lets him know that Deathstalker is camped outside the city. And meanwhile, at the campsite, Deathstalker decides he wants to bone Kira, and uh, he does, as <laughs> Salomarin watches with glee. Yeah, like, he's like, uh, what is Salomarin doing? Is He's kind of, like, laugh-moaning as he watches it. It's real, it's, it's pretty weird, and cre- the whole thing's creepy, you know, because here's just the woman that, I don't think she was asleep. Um, I mean, she uh, she she obviously wasn't asleep. But then Deathstalker, like, well, them nips is out, so he just goes over and just lays on her. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not saying it's right, but I am saying that there it could be construed as a signal to be laying with your nips out. That's all I'm saying. And, and she she didn't seem to push him away, so that's good. Right. And this is the one and, time he finishes the job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This isn't this is an attempted rape. This se- this seems to be consensual. This is the I think this is the only instance of consensual sex in the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> possibly there might be one other instance of it. I'm not a hundred percent certain, and I think it's consensual because later on in the movie she seems to be a bit possessive of Deathstalker. So I think this is almost a relationship. 
she might be this might be how she plays her game too she might oh yeah because i mean she's like basically female death stalker so right maybe she likes to you know play you know she knows she knows how to get him going so 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 instead of instead of forcing herself on men she just puts it out there she's like he likes it like She knows they're one and the same. Oh, that's nice. You're you're blonde and beefy. I'm blonde and beefy. Let's, we we both have big chests and long blonde hair and wear the least amount of clothes of anyone in the movie. So it's like we're by we're by a fire. Let's go to Pound Town. At the kingdom, there's a woman running away, and a guard says, "A guard says, perfect." You should put a sparkle in Monkar's eye. And he checks out her ass and then ties her up and takes her to the castle. Inside, there's a dinner celebration that features food, a boar pig guard man thing, mud wrestling, and rape. (laughs) As no woman looks like she's enjoying any part of this. Oh, no, not at all. This this could uh, basically be hell. You know, it's just missing flames. That's what it, it's just, just debauchery. This uh, movie must have been made um, uh, before uh, women's rights happened back in 1983. Well, there's there's a part during this montage where the, the pig guy eats a pig. Best part of the feast. Hmm. Um, um, um. Oh, okay. Yeah, he just picks up a pig's head and just starts gnawing on it. And I thought, like, all right, well, that's the one joke in the movie i guess Ugh. well kara enters the room and there's some woman by death soccer she just like tosses her off Munkar appears in with interest and he gives the opening speech for the tournament i bid you welcome to my kingdom i have ruled longer than most of you have lived now i'm old my time is near but only the strongest will take my place. We shall see in the battles of the next two days who will claim my kingdom and whether good or evil will rule. Evil! So I expect. But the tests begin tomorrow. Tonight you are my guests and all that I have is yours to share. Food, drink, Women. And he introduces his newest prize, Codil. And I don't know what he's doing. Like, Codil goes to this, like, post tied up, and a pig guy decides, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go do Codil. But then the mud wrestling guy decides, you know what? No, I will. And then we have a big brawl. And Kira joins yeah. the battle. And what ends up happening is Deathstalker winds up unshackling and trying to take Codil away, but just stopped by the guards. And Munkar says that he'll have her sent to Deathstalker's chambers. Once the excitement is over. Well, I bet there's no, there won't be any excitement going on in Deathstalker's room either. <laughs> Take that, Deathstalker. From Yeah, Munkar, you know, he says, she's mine, but if you want to stab at her, go for it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, by the way, uh, Munkar, we haven't mentioned how unintimidating Munkar is, by the way. but I like his look. Like, it's almost, it's like, it's almost there. It's an out-of-shape bald guy with a, I don't know, like a tattoo of like a tree snake or a snake tree. Like it, it looks like, it looks like yeah. a tree made of snakes on the side of his head. 
And it's just like, all right, so you, you've got Deathstalker who is, you know, beyond alpha male. And then you've got a guy that looks like he gets winded walking up a flight of stairs. But he's got magic. Well, he needs magic because he doesn't have anything else going for him. Right. He looks like a guy that just needs a nap. He has big rings under his eyes. Monk He's just exhausted. I guess, I guess it's exhausting keeping that many women captive. I mean, later we'll see what what he's really got, and he's pretty pathetic, but... Yeah, I wonder, like, did he just use all his magic taking over the kingdom in the first place, and he's just been recharging for years? That's the only explanation I can think of for this guy still being in power. He doesn't fully have the power, but he just can't die, I guess. I guess, yeah. It's a war of attrition. Later on in the bedroom, Agris is with some girl, and she's all like... Yeah, yeah, uh, he's uh, one of the people... Oh, you think, oh, this certainly is one of our heroes. He won't join in the, the, the festivities of fighting. He does. He absolutely joins in, like, the big fight and, like, groping at women. And it's just totally cool with him. When this woman is laying in bed, he comes creeping up from the foot of the bed and just starts grabbing her butt. And that's what she says, not again. Like, wow, are we supposed to root for this guy? Well, he's not one of our heroes, heroes, quote unquote, so... Well, uh, we think he is, though. Yeah. Munkar then feeds his creature a, a finger. I'm guessing from the boy that's there. That's This is never explained. We don't know what that thing is. We don't know who that kid is. It's just like, well, I've got a weird snot puppet in a chest. So I'm feeding him boy part. What? And uh, the guard comes to inform him that Deathstalker's in his room. And Munkar says Deathstalker will not make it to be entered in the tournament. And he's like, he then explains that the tournament's a sham and he's just going to kill the winner because he'll know who the toughest person is out there. And they'll have all killed each other by the end. And the guard's assigned to kill Deathstalker, but Monkar uses the spell to turn him into a doppelganger of Kodil. And he must w- be stabbed when the sword is not in his hand. He's given the instructions. Yeah, what's pretty great when one of Monkar's guards or henchmen or whatever, when he's being turned into the princess, he grabs his crotch and you hear him say, It's gone! Like, in case we didn't know, like, he gets turned into a woman except for his dick. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, Barbie Benton. She's Codile. We haven't talked about her. She was a Playboy Playmate, I believe. Yes, and she was also, I think, a country music musician, actually. She had a couple of albums. I think she's actually, she's known for country music and appearing on, I think it's like Playboy After Dark or something like that. Yeah. Where she she was like a the co-host with Hugh Hefner or something, which she actually dated for a few years. So it's there's your Barbie uh, Benton history lesson. I know her from a little slasher called X-Ray, also known as Hospital Massacre, where she goes topless again in that. I don't believe it. But she's sort of uh, she's very like 1980s attractive, right? She is. She she absolutely is. <laughs> She's someone that pulls off the long butt underwear. It's okay with her, for whatever reason. Yeah, you're right. She does. She's she's one of the few people I've ever seen pull that off. You're correct. Like, everyone else, it's like, oh, it looks like Droopy the dog's cheeks. 
Ugh, God. But with her, it's fine. It just works. She uh, enters Deathstalker's room while he's drinking, and he starts coming on to uh, her, and she doesn't she doesn't want to get some, but Deathstalker, of course, is Deathstalker and forces himself on her, and as he's, uh, it, he puts it in. He's boning her, and he feels a bit strange, and he kicks her out. Yeah, yeah, like, the, the legs are spread like like he's he, thrusting he he reach he like adjusts himself to get in like i know we're oh yeah, too no, detailed I, but this was the, this is a pivotal scene in this movie that people talk about and i wanted to make sure we were right in accusing him that's right yeah death stalker sexually violates a man that was turned into a woman you're talking about having a bad day it's that guy that's laying there <laughs> like i didn't ask for this first i i, I screw up killing death stalker and now he's entering me. What a terrible day for that guy. What you get, you didn't perform your task. Well, when she's out in the hall, Kira finds her and says she's going to get her out of there. But then she transforms back in the guard. And we get a sword fight! And Kira kills her, or kills the guard in the fight, stabbing him in the gut. But she's been stabbed herself and is now dead. Yeah, which begs the question, why was she in the movie? She doesn't do anything. Like, if she was cut out of the movie, it would have been just fine. She doesn't need to show, like, w- w- was she just there just so Deathstalker could hump someone? Because that's it. That's the only thing she does. She gets humped, and she gets killed. It's the most useless character in this one hour and 17 minute movie. But don't worry, she gets a spinoff. So maybe maybe they were planning planning ahead of time for the, the Deathstalker universe. And that's why she's in here. I think and, I think Roger Corman liked looking at them nips. But the thing was, she, so yeah, she was, that's why he gave her another movie. Yeah, she was popular in this film, so she got a, another film on her own. The tournament it begins, right? Let the tournament begin. And it ends up being uh, the tournament. Like, what's this going to consist of? What's the tournament going to be? It's just two dudes that face off against one another to the death. <laughs> it's bracketed tournament where there's, like, brackets. And, I mean, all the, the townspeople just stand in a circle on a dirt area while Munkar overlooks. And people kill each other. There's a montage of it going down. People cheered on. Yeah, one guy gets stabbed in the dick. Yeah, yeah. That's the highlight of the fight of these fights. Right. There's one guy that's got like a well, like his hand is cut off, but he's got like a knife or, or like a giant nail or something on the end of his stub, and he just jams it in the guy's dick. The, the one fight we get a focus on is Agris, and he fights a masked man. He gets cut on the arm, but he ends up winning the fight. There's some good blood gushing during this moment. That's yeah. But yeah, we get to see Agris Deathstalker. Uh, apparently he fights, but we don't get to see it. Like I don't think he got. I, a, I don't he think gets, he got a first round bye. That's the only thing I can think of because we don't see him fight. No, he doesn't. And that night, the castle guards are taking Augurus away, and Salmarin is following him, and he winds up falling out a window that lands him in the pool of the women's room. Yeah, so I, I, don't get I the guess geography on that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's no ceiling on the on the harem room. I, I guess. It seems. It also seems to me that pond or fountain or whatever is going to be pretty deep because otherwise he would have broken his neck because he's in a tower, you know? I mean, he, he has to fall a great distance. But, what, but what's great is that when he falls, like all the women are like, ooh, a man. Like, 
what? Why are you happy about this? Ooh, an old man fell from the sky. Let's paw at him now. They're probably just happy that they see a man that isn't trying to objectify them sexually. They're just, they're just so, they just appreciate it so much. Like, oh my God, you haven't treated us like less than human. And you've been here for two seconds. Thank you. Thank you so much. Munkar, he's beginning some sort of wheel of torture on Ogris. And then we find they're in cahoots. And Ogris is, he intentionally brought Deathstalker to Munkar. And then, then Ogris goes back to Deathstalker and tells him, Munkar plans to kill you tonight. Forget the tournament. And then they get a fist fight, and Augustus' girlfriend watches him, and it winds up in Deathstalker snapping his neck. So, like, he looked like he was a bad guy, like, in on it with Munkar, but then he went right to Deathstalker and was like, yo, dude, what's going on? And then they fight, <laughs> you, and he, he kills him. So uh, Augustus is like, you should leave uh, because it's dangerous, or you're going to get killed. He's like, no, I don't want to. And then they fight, and then he snaps... Augurus's neck. Right. Like, okay. And, and and also, when we say that Augurus's girlfriend is there, we mean that this fight breaks out and she just happens to be in the room. We don't see her walk in. She was just in a Deathstalker's bedroom, which probably means that he tried to rape her. Because why else is she there? The next day at the tournament, uh, apparently... Uh, the whole thing's down to just Deathstalker versus the pig guy. And after a little bit of a struggle, Deathstalker ends up impaling the pig guy as he charges at him and, and wins. And that's like It's that exciting of a fight. The winner. He fights once, and he wins. He wins. Um, and then that's it. That night, he's just wandering through the castle, Deathstalker is. And Munkar, <laughs> Munkar then turns into Kang. Remember Kang? They made a big deal about <laughs> Kang earlier in the film. Well, he's Munkar. They're the same guy. So, it, whatever. And he wants to go after the sword. And the guards in the castle are now searching for Deathstalker to kill him. And they look for him in the women's quarters? Like, okay? Yeah, they don't even look for him. It's just like Munkar orders them, like, uh, go look for Deathstalker and kill him. Like, okay, great, boss. They walked down a hallway, and the first place they go is, like, the harem room. It's like, well, we're here, so let's, you know, push ourselves sexually on all these women. Uh, and then Kadil and Salamirin fight back, and then, like, as things are getting bad for the women, they bring in the mud wrestling guy from somewhere in that room <laughs> to fight. Yeah. Like, wait, he wasn't in the like, tournament? He walks, like, like through... he should be dead if he... <laughs> like, he just, like, walks into the door. It's like, how can I help? What? Well, I guess I'm glad I overslept the tournament. Like, he seems to be more of a hero than Deathstalker. Because he helps these women, you know? He doesn't... He has no thirst for power. All he wants... You know, he just... He just wants to have a good time. So, I think there should have been... The movie should have been about that guy. I'd rather watch that movie. Deathstalker then finds the amulet, but Kang sneaks up on him with a big ol' axe... And reaches for the amulet and loses his sword, but they fight. Deathstalker regains his sword and stabs Kang and uses the force to get the sword at one point. Yeah. yeah he literally just reaches out and it yeah. flies into his hand. Yeah. Like, what? Like, okay, you're too late in the movie to be making up rules, Deathstalker. What the hell are you doing? Right. Well, he gets the amulet after that and chops off Kang's head. But then Kang picks his head up and puts it back on, and he turns around and he's Munkar again. 
And Deathstalker's like yes. calls for Monkar. It's like, dude, behind you. But Monkar, he teleports Deathstalker outside, and then Monkar has like multiplied himself surrounding Deathstalker, yeah. and Deathstalker does the the get the smart thing and just like starts hacking away at them as they start to laugh at him. It is wildly swinging at every one of these Monkar duplicates. And by the way, folks, if this sounds confusing, it is. It's really confusing because it's just so rapid that it happens. Like you, like you go from an amulet hanging like over a stairway or something to him being outside. Like what the fuck? Like like th- this whole thing takes about three minutes. Yeah. Honestly, it is a a breakneck speed. The the whole movie. There's one point where I was like I was watching. And it felt like it was kicking into, like, a gear to, like, okay, here we go with the story. And I look, I'm like, oh, crap, there's, like, 11 minutes left. Like, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. holy God, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. I mean, the movie really does fly. Like, you don't – it's not one that's, like, bad or something, and you're like, oh, when is this going to be over? It flies. Like, it, it's over. You hit play, and it's almost over. Yeah, like, by the time I, I think uh, Munkar transports Deathstalker to this – I don't know where the arena took place. I'm not 100% certain where they travel, but there's like six minutes left in the movie. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, Munkar hasn't really done that much magic yet. I mean, he's done some here and there, but it's not like he's done anything so impressive where it's like scary. It's like, okay, I get why he's in charge of everything. Like the most impressive thing he's done is change a man to a woman and manipulate himself into multiple versions of, of himself. And, that, and that's really it. And it's like, is that enough to, you know, rule a castle, a whole kingdom? Right. I don't think so. Kodil appears and Munkar, he's holding the chalice and he just like throws some magic at the sword and it makes it red and brings <laughs> Deathstalker to his knees. I guess it's hot. And his hand, he I looks guess. at his hand, it's burned. But then our witch comes back. You remember her? <laughs> you remember? That first... That person from 13 minutes into the movie, yeah. we're now in the last, like, three minutes, and that's when she shows up again. And she's like, he does! Deathstalker, do not allow illusion to become fear. Embrace the power. Take the chalice. And then Munkar makes her go away, and, and he says, The power is still mine. I want your power. I want this world rid of you. And Munkar creates a lot of flames with the like chalice. He has like, 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 yeah, yeah. He just pours it out of the chalice. Right. And Deathstalker walks, walks right through all of them, and then all the people watch. So I guess, wait, is Munkar's power just like holograms? Is that? I guess maybe he's like the uh, the Wizard of Oz, where he's not an actual wizard. He uses yeah. science, and it looks like magic. Uh, well, except for, you know, duplicating himself and turning a, right. a man into a woman, holograms, I guess. Holograms. Uh, yeah. Deathstalker yeah. decides the powers have controlled man too long, and he knocks over Munkar, and instead of killing him, he throws Munkar to the people, which this is cool. The people immediately string him up on horses to horses and have them pull him apart by running in different directions. Yeah, yeah. He's drawn and quartered. They just beat... Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they throw... 
where Deathstalker throws him to the people when... Uh, like, the people were Monk... ready to go on this. They're like, yeah. any day now, and, and, this asshole's going to be out of power, and we are going to fucking draw and quarter him. Well, yeah, you're right. They're just, like, standing around with ropes. Like, when he falls down, boy, howdy, we're going to get him. And I love that when Deathstalker throws down one car, he says, you've ruined everything. It's like, yeah, that's the point. I'm Deathstalker. Right. You're an evil sorcerer. I'm not here to make friends. Deathstalker says... All the powers of creation and chaos. I destroy you. Okay, where'd he get that? But uh, then he holds items in the air and they electrify and go away. And then we get like a... a, a, Then we get like a profile pic of Deathstalker and fade to the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like lightning... Like he holds all the items up, lightning strikes it, and then, yeah, it's a close-up of just his face. And it's not just... It would be weird if it was just, you know, like the items are destroyed and there's a close-up of his face. That would be weird. But with this close-up of his face... And then that symbol comes down. So it's like... Yeah, yeah like, like, like a flaming, like, sword. Yeah. Like, a, like, a, like a cutout of the sword flies to the, the side of the screen. And they're like, like, flames are like within this cutout of the sword. And then fade to black. And that's it. Oh, it's like that's how the movie ends. If this was like a a fighting arcade game, and that happened after you won, makes sense, right? That, that yes. Uh, or if like did then said like next time on Deathstalker, or stay tuned, <laughs> stay tuned for scenes from next week's Deathstalker. But this, You're right. But this is like you know what we just don't like the end that we that we have here with him throwing the air, and we didn't shoot anything else. So let's just you know. We like what he looks yeah. like, so here he is. Yeah, like if they just would have shown Deathstalker just like, hey, I saved you, princess. And she's like, thank you. And then he forces himself on her sexually. That would make sense because that would match the rest of the movie. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it fits the tone that, right. that the movie has set up. Or if it showed like him like bringing the princess back to the king, that would have been cool. And he's like, oh, thank you, Deathstalker. He's like, I didn't th- do it for you. I did it to free the kingdom or to free the people or something like that. And then he rides off. Awesome ending. Would have made sense. Instead, it's just a, a picture that makes him look like Beast from the TV show Beauty and the Beast starring right, Linda yes, Hamilton. Yes. With a flaming sword in the corner and then credits. You know, it would be funny if it, the profile picture would have been the king from like earlier in the movie out in the woods is still and then they had like a flaming crown image that they graphic <laughs> that they put in land and like slowly drew it down on his head oh god that would have been great but but it's just a still image of the guy of the king yeah, with the crown slowly falling onto his right. head that would have made as much sense as that last picture that we see that last image yeah it, the perfect cherry on top of this movie was doing that just to make you go what yeah, like that was that that is the ultimate what the fuck ending to this what the fuck movie. Because the rest of the movie, you're like, okay, fine. And then when that happens, I literally, like, I I jumped up and I I thought, like, what the fuck was that? Yes, it was the biggest what the fuck was that of this movie for sure. Like this movie wasn't full that of what the fuck was that. I was like, this was more of a am I watching right or that's where they're going? Yeah, the whole movie, the whole movie is wait what. And then the final scene is what the fuck. The final image. Not even the final scene. The final four seconds of the movie is what the fuck. Now it's that time in our episode where we rate the film. 
As always on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a refresher, we try to keep things culty. Our options are to stay with your family. That means, you know what? You don't steal and kill for gain. You do it to survive. You didn't care for Death Stalker. Converted means you're you're on the quest to get the amulets together, all three of them, or the, the items. Or drinking the Kool-Aid. You're down with going to the tournament and uh, having yourself a, a good old time and want to be Monkar's buddy buddy. So, Cullen, how do you rate Deathstalker? <laughs> uh, I, you know, uh, as I've said before, uh, I'm not a big fan of sword and sorcery movies. They uh, they tend to just be kind of boring and drag and and, and they're pretty uh, dry. Deathstalker is not that case. Um, it is confusing. Some of the motivations don't make a hundred percent sense. But overall, it, it will drop your jaw a bit. So I am converted on this one. I think it is worth seeing. Um, as I said, it is the most stereotypical sword and sorcery movie to the point where it's almost a parody. There's like a checklist. It hits everyone. Yeah, like, abso- uh, absolutely. <laughs> like if there's a like, sword sorcery checklist of movies from the 80s like this, it hits every check. If there was a bonus round, there'd be dragons. That would be the only other thing missing from this movie. Yeah, it's a uh, man. It's got everything. Uh, Brandon, how do you rate Deathstalker? I, I give it a, a converted. Uh, I do think this is a, a, a good one to, to have. It's trashy. It, it, you can enjoy it just not on a, just on a, like, so bad it's good level, but you can o- enjoy it on this, like, freaking trashy level, like the, like, Doritos of, you know, sword and sorcery <laughs> movies. There's no prestige here. It doesn't even try to be prestigious. It's choppy. It this this movie flies by too. That's what helps it. It's jumps so hard from scene to scene, and gets so random in places that you shake your head and you're it's all almost over. Like they get to the castle for the tournament and there's like 15 minutes left. <laughs> yeah, that is a bonus of this movie that it's short. So even if you're not thrilled with it, it'll be over really soon. Yeah, it spends so much time dicking around with stuff in the first hour that the the main crux of the movie is left as an afterthought to just hurry up and finish the movie. Which <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the third act of the movie is I don't know, eight minutes. Right. Something you know, it's pretty close to that. It's really weird. But this is one of those, yeah, you watch it with somebody and you, you need that person to turn to and be like, What? It is warning. There's, uh, it's quite rapey and quite cruel to women. But I think that's part of the like, oh my god, factor of it. Like, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's shocking that it was made and released. It's a movie with like no one to root for. Yeah, the protagonist is a murderer. And a by the way, and a rapist, a- attempted and confirmed rapist. Right. I guess Codeal, maybe, but I mean, half of her screen time, she's really a guard in disguise. Yeah. And it's not really her. I, well, we all like Lana Clarkson. She's good, but she's not there very yeah. long. No. And again, her character is not important to the movie at all. Not really. Not really. So, yeah, I, I'm a solid convert. I'm looking very forward 
I've never seen the rest of these, but I'm looking very forward. I've heard a lot of good things <laughs> about Deathstalker 2. I, I will get to that here on Call Cinema Cavalcade, don't you worry. But uh, looking forward to checking that one out. Yeah, we uh, look forward to more Deathstalker. This one gets uh, both of us uh, being converted. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing the wacky slasher classic Splatter University from Troma. Joining us for the conversation, we are very excited to have actress and host of Watch These Films, Bianca Elaine. Hopefully we'll watch a movie where women are not violated. Well, they will be murdered. <laughs> we are well, watching a slasher movie. So. Well, you know, whatever, at least... I don't know. That's better. Somehow it's better. Uh, Our episode has come to an end. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, We look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer for Splatter University. The trailer that actually trails. First, you were frightened by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Then you were terrorized by Halloween. And now, prepare to be pulverized, traumatized, and hospitalized by Splatter U. More horrifying than you could possibly imagine. Unlike anything you've ever seen. And more. Ah! Hey guys, let's party! Splatter University. Where the school colors are blood red, and not only classes are cut. Tom? If you think you're funny, you're not! At Splatter U, everyone parties and has a ball. (laughs) At Splatter U, it's not whether you pass or fail but whether you live or die. And when you gotta go, you gotta go. Yes, at Splatter U, the only requirement is survival. Splatter U, it's the only education you'll ever need. Enroll now at a theater near you and earn a higher degree in blood-dripping terror. Splatter you. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the Creative Zombie Studios Network and on Twitter at my name is Cullen. You can find more of my work on whysoblue.com. My Twitter handle is at BT Peters. Our producer is Brad Shoemaker. Podcast edited by Brandon. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf found on the freemusicarchive.org website. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please join us again in two weeks for our next episode of Cults and Cavalcade. Yeah, I'm stocked out. Da-na-na-na-na-na. <laughs>